Welcome to the Well Hello Magic Podcast, hosted by me, Jessica Mickelson. My goal is to teach you how to have a memorable Disney vacation. As a mom of four, military wife, and lifelong Disney goer, I want to share the magic of the parks with you and help you experience that magic at home too. You can find me at Well Hello Magic on all social media platforms. And my main hub is www.wellhellomagic.com, which has everything you need for a successful Disney trip and more. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, Disney family. We are finally moving on from our Disney blues. Why? Because, of course, we have another Disney trip coming up, and we need to start preparing for that. This time, we are heading to Disneyland in the beautiful sunny California. And we have not been back to Disneyland since 20, actually 16, which honestly, that blows my mind because when my older three kids were the toddler age, we went every single year. We had a 2020 stay in September at the Grand Californian, which is so painful because I don't know if we'll get the opportunity again, which was canceled by COVID and Disneyland proceeded to be closed for over a year. Once the pandemic was over, we have spent all of our time at Walt Disney World, but we think it is time to start inserting those Disneyland trips back at least every other year or every couple of years, or maybe I go yearly, but we miss our sister park. And so I'm going to dive into the steps I take in planning a Disney vacation, especially when I don't know the park as well. So this will work for you if you're going to Walt Disney World or if you're going to Disneyland. So I hope this podcast will give you an outline of everything you need to start your planning process. So because we already knew what date we were going, there wasn't going to be this, oh, let's look at the weather and see. However, even though we knew we were going during the summer because the kids are out of school, it's easier for us to travel long distances. We're prepared for the price hike because summer is travel season, but we were going to go end of June, beginning of July. I still went and checked the average weather in Anaheim, California. In June, it's highs of 79, lows of low 60s, but California has that California cold, um, which I feel like is really cold sometimes. So we still will bring like light jackets, light sweatshirts, that kind of stuff with us because California just tends to be cool at night. My sister went to University of Southern California, so we spent a lot of time out there. And like I said, we used to go to Disneyland yearly up until 2016. And so we still remember what it was like to be out there, and we will definitely be prepared for that. But if you wanted to check the weather, you could check the monthly averages and know that it the heaviest rain times for California are going to be February, January, and December. That's their rainy season. In June and July, you're really not going to get a lot of rain, so we don't really have to prepare for that. But who knows? I'm going to follow some of my Disney blogger, Disneyland blogger friends and see if they still recommend to bring a poncho. Complete opposite in Walt Disney World. If you don't bring a poncho during those months, you're just going to end up spending $20 on one at the park. So check off your date, check off your weather. The next thing we're going to is transportation. How are you getting to the park? We know we're flying, so that is covered. You just have to decide, are you flying to LAX or are you going to fly to Orange County? There are three different airports that give you pretty easy access to Disneyland. Well, I don't think LAX is easy access, but you can take an Uber. It's about 45 minutes to Anaheim from there. But just depending on where you're coming from, the country, you have to factor in 
is the cost worth it to fly to LAX versus like Orange County? Because usually Orange County for us coming from the Midwest and now the East Coast is more expensive to fly to John Wayne, but we probably will fly into LAX. So that's the next thing to determine with Disneyland. Where are you flying into and how are you going to get to the Disneyland resort area? For our family, we will more than likely rent a car. It just makes sense. A lot of these shuttle services are like $85 for the first person, and then they add on. When you are looking at six people and we need a minivan, you're looking at probably $300 round trip. We might as well try to find a rental car for $500, and then we don't have to worry about going back and forth to the airport. Also, if we wanted to extend the trip and also make our way to USC, see some other things, now we have a rental car. So our family will be renting a car. We won't be doing one of the shuttle services. Maybe if I take a solo trip out there, I will use a shuttle service because that would make sense as a single person. But flying with six people, having a toddler that will need a car seat still. The twins are still actually in booster seats. So I personally just feel more comfortable renting a car and then we have access to anywhere we want in Southern California. After you figure out how you're getting there, how you're getting to Anaheim, your next biggest thing is where are you staying? So we know we're staying at the Hilton Anaheim. We are brand loyal to Hilton. We've always stayed at Hilton. The only other place that we have stayed in Anaheim is at Airbnbs because we needed the space. We had basically three kids under three. And so staying in a hotel room sometimes was not fun. So we would stay at an Airbnb, which was great because they have so many around the park. And we'd be able to watch fireworks from our resort. So we actually did not watch fireworks at the park for five years because we would leave and go watch it from our resort because the kids were so little and it was just easier for us that way than staying at the park. So again, I'm looking forward to having like this full park experience. Sometimes when we stay at the resort and like my family would go, the older kids, which was like, you know, me and my husband and sister, we would go and see the fireworks show after we would drop off our toddlers to my parents. So I'm looking forward to it because we are going to be able to stay at the park all day. I've already reached out to theme park nanny because they also have nannies in California. And so we will be having one come along some of the days to help us out with our youngest, but we don't have all of our rooms situated yet. We are still trying to figure out Where else we're going to stay outside of the Hilton Anaheim? We do have um, ourselves on a wait list for the Disneyland Hotel for the villas. Point-wise, it's only about like 20-something points, but cost, it's like $1,700. So that's not an out-of-pocket expense for us that we could afford. We could use our DVC points. So we're still waiting to see if we get off the wait list, at least for one night. It would be great if we could stay there one night and just experience the Disneyland hotel. So hopefully that happens for us. We have had pretty good luck with the wait list, but California is a little different because again, they only have the three resorts. So now I know where I'm staying. I have a transportation to California, my transportation to Disneyland area. And the next thing I need to start thinking about is the park. What kind of tickets are we using? We are using military tickets. So we're getting four day park hopper tickets. I always recommend getting park hopper tickets at Disneyland because you literally walk across the street to Park Hop. And so you might as well just have access to both unless you absolutely know that you will not want to Park Hop at all. But 
I'm telling you, it's like literally walking from the front of my house to the back of my neighbor's house across the alley. Like it's so close. It takes less than five minutes to park hop. So it's hard to tell you, oh, get a single day ticket, even though I don't, I, I just wouldn't. I would get a park hopper because you just don't want to be confined like that. The park hours too are a little bit different. I can't see out to June and July right now, but even going out to March, they're open till midnight. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Okay, this is a little different than Walt Disney World. So I do think our game plan will be different. They start early entry at some of their parks at 7.30 in the morning, and they are open till midnight. That is an extremely long day. We will be taking midday breaks no matter what, because that is our style. But it's also good to know that you have so much time in the park. And I get why they probably have hours like that, because they have so many locals that run the park. Again, Disneyland is built in a suburb, and so... There are probably people who just come to Disneyland to eat dinner right after because, again, it's controlled by the locals. And I used to, when I used to go all the time, people would always tell me, it's going to look crowded, but the rides are easier to get on because it's a locals park. Not everyone is purchasing Genie Plus and doing that kind of stuff. Some people are there just to hang out. I had a friend who, when she lived in California over, I think, like five years, had 300 visits or something like that. So, it's just one of those places where the locals go after work during the day, lunch breaks, whenever. So I can see why their hours are a lot um, longer than Walt Disney World, especially because, you know, this is a resort destination. Most of the people who are coming there are tourists. Because we're going during the summer, every single day is in the red. So it really doesn't matter park order when you look on Undercover Tourist's Crowd Calendar. There, every day is red. Every day is rated an 8 out of 10. So park order for us really doesn't matter, especially because we do have park helpers. But we will plan accordingly. We will plan to probably start at Disneyland for the first park. And maybe we'll hop over to California Adventure the first day. I really think what we're going to do is take a midday break that's pretty long, come back for whatever fireworks show is available. We will spend a lot of time at California Adventure as well because Pixar Fest is happening during that time. And we want to experience all the things available to us during that festival as well. So that's where I am right now in the actual planning. So I know I need park reservations, but I can't make them until 60 days before my vacation starts. And then I know I want to look at all the dining reservations that are available because we, as Walt Disney Worlders, we love our table service. And Disneyland Resort just doesn't have as many table service options as Walt Disney World. And so we want to make sure we do all the character meals and we want to make sure that... um we get to experience any like don't miss like blue bayou table service experiences. So we will sit down and we're going to make a list of the table service that we know we want to do and start to plan out the days for those experiences. Then we are going to sit down and start listing out the rides that we want to ride. The tricky thing about Disneyland is Yes, there are some overlaps with rides, but Disneyland has different and sometimes better versions of it. Like their Pirates of the Caribbean, I know is four minutes longer than ours and has some different scenes. So even though we have pirates, we want to ride pirates there. 
Bear Space Mountain is a two-seater roller coaster and is completely different. And so I want the kids to experience their Space Mountain as well. So there's a lot of things that even though they overlap, we want to experience and we want to be really present. And so we want to utilize those four days. We will still do our two park days, major rest day. But honestly, I actually think we're going to do park day, rest, park day, park day, rest, and then a final park day and do it that way. That way after the first day, because it probably will be so long since it's our first day back, even with that midday break, if we're staying to close down the park, we probably need to sleep in the next day and just kind of explore the hotel, go swimming, maybe do a character meal that is at a resort like Storytellers or something like that. And then we'll plan on going to a park day and doing two in a row the next day once we've rested, take another break and kind of wrap up the last day at the parks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Blast off with Space Vacation the Musical as the Bloom family from the bright yellow planet takes a wild, weird, and wonderful intergalactic summer vacation. With original songs and stellar comedy, their trip goes delightfully haywire. Fun and adventure for all ages. Space Vacation the Musical on all podcast platforms now. Subscribe today. Okay, so I just went back and looked it up. So I actually can make park reservations 180 days before. None of the parks are sold out right now, but I do think here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go ahead and purchase the military tickets, and then I'm going to make our park reservation. I do think I'm going to do the park day rest, park, park, rest, park, just to really enjoy the experience. My next step is let me look at this dining plan schedule. So, you know, our family loves character dining. And so Disneyland is not going to become a regular trip. We go other places like this summer. We're going to Mexico. We California now is in that category of are we going there this year in exchange for something else? So because I know that. We are going to hit up all the character meals, even the ones that are really expensive, but it looks like it's going to be worth it. So you have Storytellers Cafe, which is a character breakfast that's at the Grand Californian. So that could be done on a rest day. Then you also have the Disney Princess Breakfast Adventures, which is $135 per person. And at first when I saw that, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, like this is a thousand dollar meal for my family. But then I'm trying to consider we are not going back out to California for probably two years at least. And after looking at the reviews, you meet eight princesses. This is like a three-course meal. I'm kind of feeling like it's giving the perfectly princess tea vibe at Grand Floridian, which is actually $300. So I'm going to stick it in the budget, but we will see if I can get it booked. Then you have Plaza Inn, which we've been to Plaza Inn before. That's also a character meal breakfast. They only have characters at breakfast, but it would be fun to go back again. And then Goofy's Goofy's Kitchen, we can do for dinner, so we can do that on a rest day. We've been to Goofy's Kitchen before when it was the Paradise Pier Hotel. Now, I guess Goofy's Kitchen... Actually, that was a not the same. The one at Paradise Pier before it got a Pixar remake was something else. 
Goofy's Kitchen has always been at Disneyland. There was like a Mickey breakfast or something at Paradise Beer. I need to go back and research that. But no, Goofy's Kitchen has always been at Disneyland Hotel. And then we want to try Blue Bayou because apparently that's like all the rage and that's like a really good table service meal that's inside of the park. So again, having those longer hours are going to be really important for us. Taking a good break spacing out the park days the way that we're doing it. And then also, you know, knowing what our priority rides are, what our must do's because eating and going to table service meals are some of the highest priorities for our family whenever we go to any Disney park. So since we know we are table service heavy, we are going to have to game plan our ride strategy. I do think Disneyland is one of those parks where you can get a lot of stuff done, especially if you're going for four days. And with that, I think we can go through the list by looking at a map. I have an older map on my website. I'll go through it with the kids. I will talk to them about What is something that you absolutely have to do? Of course, we want to check out all the new areas. The last new areas that we were able to see was Cars Land. So we've experienced Cars Land as babies and infants, but I'm so excited to experience Disneyland with them as big kids because Disneyland is where I went as an adult. And so I had kids and then I stopped being able to ride all of the rides because I was too busy taking care of a baby, honestly. Um, It's really funny. So I wanted to start my blog a long time ago, like in 2018 or 17. And one of the draft titles that is in there is Nursing at Disneyland. Like that's how long it finally got took for me to like take the leap in 2022 and finally start my Disney account. Like I had blog drafts in my website nursing in Disneyland from the twins, obviously, which by the way, was not fun nursing twins at Disneyland, but we survived. Anyways, I digress. So we will go through with our kids and we will sit down and really think about what do we want to accomplish? What do we want to ride? Because the reality is we will be using Genie Plus. We will not We are not waiting in line because they have so many rides that you have to wait in line anyway um, with, especially like in Fantasyland. It's not like our Fantasyland at Walt Disney World where half of them are on Genie Plus. A lot of the original, the dark rides, as Disneyland calls them, are not Genie Plus selections. So we will want to figure out the strategy to tackle those probably like at Rope Dropper early in the morning. So that's where I am with ride strategy. I already understand the Genie Plus strategy for the rides, but the ones that don't have Genie Plus, that's where I need to figure out when is the best time to get on those rides? What part of the day do we rope drop that? Do we stay late to ride those? Also, I need to figure out the nighttime shows. Obviously, we want to see World of Color. We love that show and it's changed, I'm sure, in the last eight years. And then I am not, I know Wondrous Journey, I don't think is back for our, the time we're there because it's Pixar Fest and I think they have their own fireworks show, but I could be wrong about that. As we dive deeper, I'll make sure all of these podcasts are uh, linked so that you can see my progression and planning, but I need to figure out the nighttime shows. And of course we want to see magic happens. So funny story, when I started my sign business, I during like COVID, I used to put Magic Happens 
on um, like the Google out there so I could listen and watch it. And the very first time I ever watched it, because I knew it was new, I literally started bawling because I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It was so good. And so, you know, if you want to catch Magic Happens on YouTube, definitely do it because it is such a good parade. Um, You know, I have that podcast about manufactured magic, right? Uh, Manufactured magic is not always guaranteed. You can do all these things to create magical moments, but and hope that it works out. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it's really beautiful. But I did ask my son, I was like, would you be willing to dress up like Naveen again? Because Tiana and Naveen have such a big float and magic happens. And I would love for them to see you and your sister dressed up as them because I bet it doesn't happen a lot. And he was like, yeah, I'll dress up like this for the parade. So I'm pretty excited about that because I think that'll be so cute. And I do hope that they see him. Um, You know, I want to obviously find a great spot in the parade so that we can watch it and I probably will record it. But I don't want to be like overly, I'm not going to overly manufacture this where we're waiting an hour before in the perfect spot so that they can be seen. So hopefully we get a curved spot. Again, that's also part of the research is figuring out what the showtimes are, where the best places to watch the parade, and then how do I build that into our day so it's not stressful? And also, how do I utilize that time? If it is something where we need to be there 30 minutes before, do I make that a good snack break for the kids? Do I make sure that they eat something and we relax before we watch this parade? So let's recap where I am. So we have the transportation. We know we're running a car. We have half of our hotels, which I'm hoping to have the rest figured out in the next week or so. We know we're going for four park days. We know we're going to do five table service meals. We just have to figure out the days based on what's available. I have done research on all the table service meals. I know that the Disney Princess Adventure does not have... um, days where they do it on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I have to look at my calendar, see what days are available. I know they don't do it then. I know Plaza Inn is breakfast only. I know Storytellers Cafe is breakfast only. I know that Goofy's is breakfast and dinner. So we'll plan to balance out those meals and do one dinner. And then Blue Bayou, we're hoping for dinner or a lunch reservation because that's also one that's in the park. Plaza Inn, again, is a breakfast in the park. So on that day, we need to make sure it's not like a first park day or a second park day. We want it to be like the third or the last park day when it's more leisure and we aren't trying to get stuff done because character meals, again, can take 90 minutes, sometimes up to two hours, and you don't want to do them in the park on a day when you're really trying to get stuff done. So that might be a nice like send-off thing we do on our last day at Disneyland. We know we're getting park hopper tickets because it's Disneyland, and of course you need to park hop. We will be in that area for six days, which is plenty of time to explore all of Disneyland resort. So now what I need to do is really take a look at the rides list, see what our priorities are for the trip in each day, and look at the nighttime shows so I can see which nights they are going to be doing. And I need to look into Pixar Fest and see what that really means. So those are my big three things that I need to do. I need to look into Pixar Fest look into the nighttime shows, and start our ride priority list. So the next time I talk about Disneyland, my hope is that I will have 
those three things ready for you. It's the same thing at Walt Disney World if you don't go there a lot or you've never been. You are following these exact same steps, but I'm a Walt Disney Worlder who's going to Disneyland who has not been in eight years. So I'm basically brand new. The Disneyland that I knew is no longer there. So I'm really excited to experience this with the kids. I'm excited to go through this planning process with you so you can see how my thoughts work whenever I'm planning out my day and the next Disneyland update. Hopefully I will bring you more information and more specifics about what our goals are for the trip. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed being in my brain and seeing the process of planning whenever I'm doing a trip for my own family. And I hope that this helps you in your process. If you don't subscribe to my podcast, go ahead and do this. I will have more information for you next week. I hope you have a magical rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you have a moment, I would love a review. Find me on social media at Well Hello Magic. Until next time, have a magical day.